Welcome to the Mary D Show. I'm your host, Mary D, here to be your guide as we extract wisdom and life lessons from top CEOs, thought leaders, artists, spiritual luminaries, and wellness experts. My intention is to bring you value in every show that sparks an idea, helps you break a limiting belief, or encourages you to create thoughts that uplevel your life so that you can know from the deepest parts of your soul that everything you want is available to you and that abundance is your birthright. In 2018, I healed from breast cancer holistically after surgery without the use of chemotherapy or pharmaceuticals. I love biohacking and plant medicine and exploring spirituality and what it means to be in relationship with spirit so that we can feel whole and complete no matter what life throws at us. My specialty in the business world is strategy and leadership, and my gift to each of you is my ability to listen so that I can help others see themselves. In each episode, I want to sprinkle you with some hope dust, tickle your funny bone, and inspire you to find your inner roar. Get ready to live your most aligned, purposeful, and joy-filled life now, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 17. Today, I want to talk to you about how to deal with the pain of unresolve. A friend of mine recently shared with me that she was still angry with her mother, who had actually died four years ago. Things were tumultuous for them growing up, and her mother was a very stoic, prideful woman. She showed very little emotion. When she did express herself, she could be really toxic and controlling. She would think about her mom every day and it would create stress on her nervous system because the emotions for her were still very real and very raw and activated by her memories of the emotional abuse that weren't going to see any closure because there was no opportunity to have a conversation with her mother anymore. And my question to her was, how long do you want to allow a dead person to control your emotions. And when life hands us unresolved questions, it can be frustrating not to have the answer. Sometimes we don't get the opportunity to know why something happened. We recall details according to our perceptions, our biases, and our programming. And those feelings are real. And as a human, we get to feel all those feelings and we're designed to also process those feelings. The problem is that so often we stop processing and instead we get stuck. And when we're stuck, the feeling doesn't leave. Instead, it digs itself deeper and deeper into our body and then it latches onto our mind and that results in our emotions and that replays the painful stories over and over and over again. In this particular scenario, we are talking about unresolved issues with a dead woman, but these same feelings can also come from the living. And maybe these are family members or loved ones we still see periodically, or ones we've decided to distance ourselves from because it doesn't feel good to be around them. And yet we feel like there's some link or bond of love or the desire for needing peace around this disconnect. There is still some activation that's happening with this person, even though they may or may not be present in your life. Regardless of which of those scenarios may be playing out for you, The real question here is, how do we stop giving away our power when those emotions are so high? And I want to give you a few quick tips on what those are. 
Number one is surrender to the need to know the answer when the answer is not in sight. Oftentimes, there's an open loop with these type of incidents. And so with this loop, you never get to close it. There's always a bumper at each end and you just can't quite close the loop. And so it feels like unfinished business. And so that becomes a place you compartmentalize and you want an answer, right? An answer would help close that loop for you. Sometimes we don't get to close the loop. And that's the opportunity to say, hmm, I may never know the answer to why they behave the way they did. But what you can control is how you want to respond to it. One of the ways that healing can really sit within your body, and one of the ways you'll know that you have surrendered fully and that you've been able to process it and let it go, is that you won't feel that same charge and activation when you think of this person. And so I hope that assists you at least in a first step of just knowing that there's some level of acceptance that you're going to want to come to around the fact that you may not have an answer. You may never get an answer. And part of that answer that you really desire, I can tell you is probably not ever really going to come from that other person anyways. It's going to come from you. It's going to come from what's inside. It's going to come from your ability to self-reflect and figure out what that lesson means to you and what you want that lesson to look like. Number two is to remember that humans make mistakes, self-included, and it may take some deep reflection, but also see if you can find the good reflections or the good lessons that this person also might've taught you. Was it mental toughness? Was it a good work ethic? Or was it the opposite of those things? in how they behaved. And you're like, ooh, they didn't have a great work ethic and I want one so that I can move things forward and be productive. Or it's, oh, this person was very emotionally chaotic and that's a great lesson for me in how not to be because I know that it wreaks havoc on the nervous system. So let me be someone who is grounded and finds the tools and seeks the tools that help me ground so that I'm not in this chaotic mode that someone maybe in my family or someone I love has shown up in my life to teach me. If I've learned them, let me unlearn them. If there's an opposite lesson here, then I'll take it. So self-reflection and that reflection of what did they teach you? Above it all, what did you learn from their behavior? And how can you take those lessons and see the good in them and see that maybe these scenarios appeared for your highest good. The third one is to pop yourself into the shoes of that other person. When we put ourselves in someone else's position, it allows us to not feel so disconnected from them, but to rather sit in some compassion of their situation. So often hurt people hurt other people. And I'm sure you've heard that before. Their actions are a result of their unhealed trauma, of their dysregulated nervous system. And this doesn't excuse their behavior, by the way. What it can do though, is offer you some insight. And I'm going to give you an example. A friend of mine used to work with a lady who was severely overweight. 
and got to know this lady over time and they became great friends. And this lady always brought her back to help with educating her organization on health and wellness. And she asked her one day, she said, Hey, friend, you know, we've gotten to know each other over time. And I have to ask you a question because I feel like you are so insightful when it comes to food and health and wellness. You bring me in to speak to your group every year. Can I ask you what's going on with your weight? Like, is there a way that I can assist you? And the lady began to divulge and she said, you know, my health and wellness is really important to me. However, I have a bit of a block because you see, I was sexually abused as a child. And because of that sexual abuse, I found that one way of coping was to eat. Because if I ate, it meant I would start to put on some pounds. And maybe if I looked less attractive or I created more space between me and that other person, then that would make me undesirable and they would stop abusing me. This went on until she was an adult and into adulthood, those things stuck with her. And that was one of her emotional attachments around food because it was coping because she had been abused. And I'm sure when you listen to that story, you automatically begin to disarm a bit, right? So if your initial judgment was, oh, she's overweight, she must not exercise, she must eat chips all day, whatever the judgment is, it so quickly gets replaced with compassion when you hear her why. And so part of this is looking at that person who has hurt us in the past or that we've perceived hurt from and looking at that situation with some curiosity of why are they like they are? Is there a story in there somewhere, their story about why they behave the way they do that could be a result of deep trauma or deep hurt? Who knows? So I really encourage you to think back and think about those things because sometimes you can also, especially with families, look down your lineage and see why some folks might be responding like they are. Oftentimes, you'll see families where alcoholism begets alcoholism or anger begets anger. And it almost seems like there's a gene in the family. You know, it's almost like everyone having brown hair, everyone gets anger. It's like those were passed out on birthday. And the point here is that sometimes it is passed out. It's passed out in this way of learning. And we learn how to be. And sometimes we don't always learn how to be kind. We learn how to be mean. Sometimes we don't learn how to regulate our system. We learn how to dysregulate our system. And when those things happen, this is where the behaviors come out. So yeah, putting yourself in another person's shoes just to give yourself a different lens to see if there's some compassion that can be had there. Next, I would say release your need to be right or release the ego that's not letting you process these emotions. We want to be right. And this is your opportunity to cry, yell, scream, hit something, but ideally not someone. Let it all out. The act also of writing a letter to this person is a beautiful way to process. You can say everything you ever wanted to say to them and do this as many times as you need to in as many letters as you need to over as much time as you need to do it. If you want to get really deep, then you can set up a video camera and video yourself as if you were speaking to that person. Picture them in front of you 
and record yourself and what you would say if you had that opportunity again, knowing that they would be here to fully listen and pay attention to what you have to say so that you have an opportunity to be heard. Sometimes the most beautiful way to process out these types of emotions is not just in being heard from other people, but in hearing yourself. It is a gift when you can hear and see yourself. And the act of writing this letter and or speaking these words to talk about the grievances that you've felt against you and say them out loud can be really, really healing. I've got two more for you. The second to last one is forgive. I know that seems like a big move. This step is here more for you than for them. Often the price of inner peace is actually paid in forgiveness. Oftentimes we are also angry with ourselves within those scenarios, angry that we let someone else rule our behavior, angry that we didn't say a thing, angry that we met that person or that that person ever was in our life. And things are sometimes out of our control in those ways. Also, sometimes the lens that you may look at is one where you see where maybe you contributed to some of that angst. Maybe you contributed to some of that tumultuousness in that relationship. Maybe when they screamed, you screamed back. Maybe when they hit, you hit back. Even if we feel like another person has wronged us in a bigger way than we've wronged them, two wrongs still don't make a right. And oftentimes the person we need to forgive is ourselves. There's also the part where maybe you're a people pleaser or maybe you stuck around longer than you thought you should have, or you stuck around and it affected your children or other loved ones. And that can be a hard thing to look at sometimes as well. And that's why I said this is such a beautiful step because there's lots of room here. And when you can embrace forgiveness after the surrender, after the processing, then the forgiveness is such a key for freedom. It's a freedom from that pain, if you'll allow it. Also, forgiveness does not necessarily mean forgetting. Forgiveness does not necessarily mean that they have permission to show up back in your life again. Forgiveness doesn't have to be any of those things. Forgiveness is simply the ability to look at that situation, find a lesson, and send that person off with a blowing them a kiss and being done with it being done with those emotions so that you can move past them and that you can do the last step here, which is change your story. You were wronged, but there was a lesson. And can you find it? Can you choose to take back your power? Can you choose to process those emotions? Can you choose to own your experience and not allow someone else to steal your joy? I hope so. The therapies and the modalities that are available to help you regulate your nervous system out there today are more available than they've ever been. There are apps. There are, of course, therapists. There are coaches. There are trauma-informed hotlines. There are support systems. There are support groups. There's non-talk therapy. There's tapping. There is a long, long list of modalities that are out there to really help you process to really help you get out those feelings so that you can move them out of your body. You can move that energy. 
And I really encourage you that if you've got any stuck emotions around unforgiveness, around how someone has made you feel activated, around things like triggers, things that set you off, I really, really encourage you to, again, not let anyone else steal your joy. And hey, don't even let yourself steal your own joy. And I'm not talking about toxic positivity. I'm talking about being able to actually sit in and regulate your own nervous system because that's going to be such a valuable, valuable tool for you as you move forward in life. It's how we go from these high blood pressure extremes to bringing ourselves back to a grounded state where we can think clearly and make clear decisions. And also create peace in our mind, create peace in our body. There's also the modalities of meditation and yoga and slower practices. But if those don't work for you, just know that there's also screaming therapy. There's also therapies where you go in and you take a baseball bat and you just bust up everything in the room or you throw paint everywhere. And all of these, all of these work. They just work differently for each of us because we are all so unique and different. With that, I wish you happy healing, my darling. I hope that you're walking away with some things today that give you something to think about, lots of forgiveness in your life. And of course, a way to move peacefully through your best life. We're going to be releasing a new episode as usual next week. And until then, may abundance always walk beside you. May joy always go before you. And may love always guide you on your path. Thank you for joining us on today's show. I hope that today's session inspires you to live an aligned life where you get to take complete ownership of your feelings and decisions to live in your truth. You can connect with me more at www.maryd.com. You can also catch us on YouTube at The Mary D Show. Head on over to Instagram and Facebook and type in at The Mary D and just look for the little blue check to ensure you're on my official page.